You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And not joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. Frank and I are having a little bit of trouble getting connected this week, but that is okay. Uh, work schedules and games and, you know, sometimes it doesn't work, so that's okay. Um, but I will be recapping Bucks Bulls. I will try to keep it brief because uh, I know Frank has a, a lot of thoughts on it, and uh, we ended up exchanging text messages but not able to f- record a full podcast, so I'll try to get some of those thoughts in uh, from Frank. But the Bucks win tonight 116-113, which means our good friends over at Action Heat are bringing you a winning podcast and again action heat one of our new sponsors they have the world's best battery heated clothing heat on demand at the touch of a button control your environment with action heat and to use our offer you can just go to actionheat.com slash lockdown and that'll give you 20 percent off your entire order again that's actionheat.com so looking at this bucks game tonight Bucks win 116-113, and it was just honestly a strange game because it you saw the first time that the Bucks played the Bulls, they came out slow, they came out sloppy, and they came out just not really getting a whole lot done on the defensive end, and it was kind of the same way against the Bulls again tonight, and you know, with the way that they played last time, you thought, okay, at some point the the Bucks will just close this one out. And they'll they'll find a way. They'll figure out. Okay, we we let the Bulls stick around, and now we have to to kind of take care of business. And you know that that wasn't exactly what happened tonight. It, you kept waiting for that to happen, and it never really did. And this one goes all the way down to the wire, and. You know, just like I told Frank, like the first time these two teams played, you could kind of feel their uh, not giving a shititude. Uh, where in that first half, they they just didn't really seem to care. And you know, I didn't get a ton of that vibe tonight. That you know, I, I thought they kind of turned it around in the second quarter. Uh, obviously, didn't wait all the way until halftime like they did the last time. So they get outscored 40-30 to 30 in the first quarter. And then in the second quarter, they ended up taking the halftime lead because they win the second quarter 33-22. So you go into the half 63-62 and you think, oh, okay. Last time these two teams played, the, the Bucks had a think a 46 point third quarter outscored the bulls 46 17 so they had that huge third quarter and you're thinking okay same thing probably happens tonight uh, they'll just do that and it, it never really happened and it it never at any point really felt to me like 
it didn't happen because they didn't care. It was just, you know, they were kind of struggling with the Bulls. And uh, obviously, you do have to give them a little bit of credit. And it felt like there was kind of a couple different waves uh, because the Bulls had four scorers score at least 17 in this one. And Jabari Parker was one of them. He had 24 points, uh, 9 of 21 shooting. Ryan Archidiakono. Ryan Archie Diacono, uh, 22 points, four assists, five rebounds. Uh, he had in 38 minutes tonight. Zach Levine has 24, nine rebounds, seven assists on the night. And then Robin Lopez has 17 points, five rebounds, and two assists on the night. And it just felt like all four of those guys kind of had their moments where they got hot and. You know, the Bucks didn't really seem to have an answer for them. And, you know, Archie Diacono hit some big shots. And, you know, Robin Lopez kind of helped close out that game. Like, that fourth quarter, he really did kind of put it on the Bucks, And they didn't have much of an answer for him. And it was just kind of strange to see that responsibility shift to all of those people. And, you know, see the Bucks really struggle with them. And... The Bulls ended up having 28 assists on the night and on 40 made shots. And it just, you know, we talked about it last year with this Bulls team, the fact that they move the ball a lot, they move people around a lot. Uh, the Bucks were kind of seeing some of that again tonight. Uh, and obviously the Bucks do a lot of that tonight. And it, it it does feel like, okay, maybe that should be something that's easy to cover, but you obviously see teams struggle with the Bucks all the time uh, as they do that. Then the Bulls don't have a, have a Giannis Adetokounmpo. They don't have Chris Middleton. They don't have an Eric Blood. So they don't have those guys, but they they did find a way tonight, uh, just 5-17 and 17 on the year. So it's another one where you're just frustrated and left trying to figure out exactly what happened in this one. And, I got to say, I don't know that I have really great answers for, for what happened in this one. Um, I think one thing that's been interesting to me is uh, our good friend Dean Maniot had tweeted out uh, this stat that is just kind of, just kind of insane. Um, but it was after the last game the Bucks played, so after Monday night's game. Uh, so during the last seven games, that would have been the six-game homestand and then Charlotte on Monday, the Milwaukee Bucks took 180 wide-open three-point attempts. That's 51 more than the second-place Dallas Mavericks. That differential is the same between the Mavericks and the 27th-ranked Clippers during that time. They only made 32% of those open threes, of those wide-open threes, excuse me. So... I think where I, I've been struggling and, you know, I, I've, I've been trying to talk to players about this um, after losses, but, you know, last year when when the Bucks lost a game, we would sit here and I think we'd be able to point to those things really easily. You know, you know, Frank and I would go through the box score and say, well, the Bucks lost the three-point battle this many to this many. They lost the free throw battle this many to this many. Uh, they didn't get turnovers. They lost the turnover battle. Uh, they lost the rebounding battle. Like You would just be able to point to these very clear things for why the Bucks were losing. And this year, with 
with the cleansing of their shot profile, with their improved defensive rebounding, there's just a, a lot of times where, you know, the process is right. And and that, to me, is, is has been what's made describing losses difficult is because last year you would see clear errors in the process and say, well, you know, you got to stop letting them have corner threes. You got to stop letting them get to the rim. Well, the Bucks do do that largely. They do keep teams out of the corners. They they do keep teams from the rim. So you're kind of forcing them into shots that you want them to take. You're, you're taking away the things that they want. And that's why I've just kind of struggled when they do lose. And again tonight, like I said, unless there's there's kind of a an energy or focus or effort kind of thing that you can see. Like, like I thought you could see against the Bulls the first time in the first half. I think you could see it against the Suns uh, the other night that, you know, they just weren't really up to playing them. I, I didn't really get that feeling at all tonight against the Bulls. The Bucks just didn't really get it done. And I think that's what really makes all this interesting because, you watch what Giannis Dedekumbo did tonight, 36 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, a block. And you think back to that game that, you know, there was a bunch of times where the Bucks really could have broke this open, where Giannis makes a, couple night, uh, makes a nice pass, gets a wide open 3, or Giannis makes a pass, that, and then another Buck makes another pass, and another Buck makes another pass, a couple extra passes after Giannis pass, and there's a good look and it just doesn't fall. And that to me is, is, you know, you look at the process and the process is right. The results just aren't right. And, uh, you know, you start to think like, okay, well, you know, should, should the Bucks force these other things? Should, should they try to, you know, try to, try to get to the basket more? Should they be more willing to shoot mid-range jumpers? Like, should they find a way to, to get these easy baskets? And intuitively, I know the answer is no, you idiot. Do the right things, and you will get the results that you want. But it is hard to to kind of watch the team struggle or, or to see things not go right and, and kind of wonder, like, man, are they actually doing things right? And that that to me is has kind of been what's interesting about this because I, I know they are doing things right that the process is correct uh so the results should follow and early in the year the results were following and now that they've kind of gotten in this every other kind of game thing where uh one game it's working the next game it's not and then tonight you know this kind of makes two games in a row where the the process wasn't working quite as well as you'd want uh but this time they were able to sneak out with a win they weren't able to do so on monday so I just think that that has made this season really interesting. Now, another thing that has made this season really interesting is the fact that we have new sponsors. New sponsors on the podcast are always appreciated. We always love to have new people support us. And, you know, when people support us, we want you to support them. So you can go out and support Action Heat. As I've mentioned, uh, Action Heat is the world's best battery heated clothing. So heat on demand at the touch of a button, control your environment with action heat. I know we do have a number of Wisconsin listeners. This could be clutch if you're going to, uh, you know, if you're going to be doing some tailgating, uh, if you're going to go out snowmobiling, if you're going to go skiing, if you're going to go snowboarding, whatever it may be, if you're going to be spending some time outside 
in the state of Wisconsin, Action Heat is kind of engineered for you because it's engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. And that means, you know, you can get that clothing and, you know, be warm, which is something that as I was walking to my car from Fiserv Farm tonight, well, that was something I wishing I was wishing I was a little bit warmer, uh, and at Action Heat they have heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns. You can stay warm, warm and cozy from head to toe with Action Heat. Action Heat is available for both men and women, and it has a great. And they have, excuse me, great new styles and models just released for this winter season. Make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth. Action Heat is the perfect solution to keep you toasty and warm, even in the most frigid winter weather. And that is something very prevalent here in the state of Wisconsin. We have a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. Again, that's actionheat.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20%. So stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. And of course... We are very thankful to have them as sponsors of the podcast. Always love the people that support us. And we always want to encourage you to support them in return. Looking at this game, you know, I think I kind of mentioned some of the reasons that, you know, it's, it's been tougher to analyze and think about reasons why uh, the Bucks play bad or why uh, the Bucks lose games. And, you know, we, we kind of talk through all of those things. And I think what I also want to talk about is, you know, some of the reasons why they actually, they actually did end up losing uh, the game. And, you know, I, I think one thing that you know, you've kind of seen from this Bucks team is that within the larger defensive scheme, within the idea that you're going to keep teams away from the rim, teams have to shoot somewhere else. If they're not shooting at the rim, that means they have to be in the mid-range. That means they have to be at the three-point line. Uh, that means, you know, they have to be elsewhere. And, you know, to get them into those places, we've talked about how the Bucks aren't going to switch stuff. The, the Bucks are largely going to stay in, you know, man-to-man principles, but they're going to do what they can to force teams and opponents into the places that they want. And to do that, you have to have very active help defenders. That You have to have... Uh, people shepherding opponents into the places that you want. We've mentioned how Eric Bledsoe has kind of set the tone for that by going over the top of all the screens, pushing uh, pushing guards into that mid-range area. And then obviously Brooke Lopez has been very good at coming up from the rim and, you know, putting them in the mid-range area. Um, but, you know, when you're thinking through all of those things, to shepherd a player somewhere, you have to be helping you have to be stunting. You have to be showing that 
you know, your body is there, that you are there, that you are going to force them somewhere. And what can happen is something that we saw uh, with last year's Bucks defense, where, and I guess the year before, but in really, I guess in just in general to Jason Kidd defenses, is that overhelping got them in trouble. They would overhelp, they would give up corner threes, and that would become a problem. And, you know, we've seen the Bucks give up some corner threes. Uh, I think Frank tweeted it out earlier tonight, but I think the Bucks are like 11th in in corner threes attempted. Uh, and like we, like we always talk about with three-point defense, that is a better measure than the percentage a team shoots. Um, it's all about how many shots they get up from those spots. So, you know, being 11th in that is still pretty, pretty solid. Uh, you know, being able to keep teams out of the corners when, you know, they're actively trying to get there, they're actively trying to get to the rim, not so bad for the Bucks. Uh, unfortunately, teams are, uh, opponent accuracy is 27th, which means, you know, teams are hitting a pretty high uh, a number of threes against the Bucks, which, you know, makes things a little bit more difficult. And, you know, we talked about luck. So Bucks are a little bit unlucky in the corners right now where uh, they've given up the 11th most or the 11th highest percentage of threes. Um, but they've, I don't want to say allowed, teams have shot the the fourth highest percentage against them from threes. So a little bit unlucky there. But um I thought tonight when you saw Pat Connaughton and Thon Maker on the floor, I thought Connaughton got stung by it a number of times. And uh, some of the cool stuff that Connaughton does, you know, where he, he blocks jumpers and he's flying around, like all those things are very good. But uh, if you are trying too hard to get those things, you can find yourself out of position. And I thought there was a number of times tonight where he found himself near the lane, and then all of a sudden, Archidiakono was loose for a three. Um, Zach Levine was loose for a three. Like all of those things were kind of going against him because he found himself out of position because he was overhelping, looking for a block either on the backside or to you know try to get in front of someone or just kind of being around the action. He got himself in trouble. Uh, the other one, Thon Maker tonight was somehow a plus twelve. That doesn't feel right, um, but he was, so kudos to him. But it thought it, it felt like the same thing with Thon, that as him and Pat Connaughton were there, like that their desire to bring energy, I think, can get them in trouble sometimes and take them out of the principles of what this defense is about, where it is more conservative. It is about shepherding people into certain places, and those two kind of want to be out and about. They want to be outdoing something when you know they do need to be staying home putting people in the spots that they want them and forcing them into those areas so i thought that was something that you know that we we kind of saw tonight and you know made it uh, a little bit more difficult for this bucks team to win but yeah overall um i think I'm not sure I can hit the high note quite right, but is Thon Maker an NBA player? Um, that idea. Um, we're going to have to keep thinking about it because he's getting some chances, and I, I don't think it's been real pretty. Um, I think he's he's struggling with the boring stuff, as I've kind of written about before and talked about before. Um, he, I think he, he might just be a guy that struggles when he can't, 
do all of the switching and you know the really aggressive stuff that he likes like and that can be a problem especially on a team here with the bucks that that doesn't do a lot of that under mike boonholzer so we'll we'll have to keep an eye on that now let's go to the starting lineup but i think some really interesting stuff there eric Bledsoe takes three shots on the night three shots he has seven points six rebounds four assists a steal and a block and um you know it was just kind of weird to see it was weird to see him take that few of shots and, you know, not really see, uh, I think, a, a huge increase to, to people uh, around him. Uh, you know, Malcolm Brogdon takes 11 shots. He hits eight of them, which was huge. Uh, six of six from the three-point line, 24 points for him on the night, six assists, five rebounds for him. Brooke Lopez goes 4-15 on the night, 2 of 9 from 3. So a little bit of a struggle night for him. Uh, Chris Middleton, just 6 of 13 from the field, 17 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. Um, And just Bledsoe only taking 3 shots is just really weird to see. And then, uh, you know, obviously Giannis had the 36 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. Uh, Goes to the line 12 times on the night, hits 8 of them. 14 of 21 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3. And, you know, you just look at that that starting lineup, and it's it's really interesting to watch this team. And this kind of goes into the conversation I had yesterday, but, you know, Chris Middleton averages just 14 shots per game. Uh, tonight takes 13, so only one fewer than, than he typically takes. And, you know, it... It kind of felt like that. It felt like he he didn't really have a strong rhythm, and he didn't. Uh, I tweeted it out after the game, but uh, Chris Middleton ends up hitting the huge shot that makes it one sixteen one thirteen. It comes after the the Bucks had made a couple of passes. They get the ball to Bledsoe on the corner. He pass or he jump or excuse me, he uh, takes a pump fake, then goes baseline. Uh, he gets in the air, finds Brooke Lopez cutting. Lopez tries a floater, misses it off the backboard in front of the rim, or excuse me, side of the rim. He's able to get it, tries to tip it in, can't get it, tips it up, tips it way up, and then Eric Bledsoe comes out of nowhere. He's able to tip it out to Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon swings it over to Middleton. Middleton hits the three, and that three, 116-113, was the first shot Chris Middleton had taken since the 350 mark in the third quarter. So that's almost 16 minutes of game action in real time. I would assume that's somewhere around a half hour. It had been a half hour since he had taken a shot. And, you know, I, I think, you know, when you look at it, that, that can be really tough. Uh, he, he did have another assist when he found Giannis for an alley-oop in the final couple of minutes. So this isn't to say he, he wasn't touching the ball, he was frozen out or anything like that. But, you know, just not taking shots before all of a sudden taking a, one of the biggest shots of the game. I don't know if it was the biggest, but certainly one of the biggest, uh, I think just kind of underlines exactly what this Bucks offense is about. And also Bledsoe taking three shots that, you know, this is about equal opportunity for everyone, essentially other than Giannis. If Giannis is going to have that super high usage rate, he's going to take the most shots. But even Giannis doesn't take uh, an insane number of shots every night. He just takes a, uh, 
you know, what I think would be normal for a star in this league. Uh, I mentioned it last night. He's just 21st on the list on field goal attempts per game. So he's a little bit on the lower end for being one of the best players in the league. So in Milwaukee, there's just this this approach that everyone's going to touch the ball. Everyone's going to get shots. And because of that, you know, you don't, you know, there's. I think there's going to be nights where, where guys don't have a bunch of points or don't take a bunch of shots in that starting five because there's a number of talented people. And that kind of brings me to the other person I want to mention. I, I thought Malcolm Brogdon was fantastic tonight. And obviously he's gotten a lot of flack from, from Buck's Twitter as of late. And, you know, I, I think throughout this season we've talked about the things that he can do that, don't help this team where he's over dribbling where uh he's not making decisive decisions no matter what those decisions may be whether that's a straight line drive or whether that's uh pump faking or whether that's taking a three like those decisions haven't been quick and tonight i thought they were extremely quick uh where you know if he was open from three he was shooting it and he goes six for six. It's a huge night for him. Uh, and he's able to really kind of take the the second scorer spot tonight, which, you know, with Middleton and Bloods on the team, you don't always see. But those guys all kind of work together and, and allowed it to happen. And after the game, Giannis mentioned the fact that, you know, it's big to play with four guys that are as talented as those four uh, and know that none of them are going to force anything, that they are all going to work together for great shots. And, you know, I just thought it was really interesting that that's how they feel. And obviously Brogdon has this huge night where he goes six for six from three. And um, I think the the lesson you want to take is, hey, those threes are good. Uh, he is someone that I think has passed up some looks and uh, he's tried to go to the basket. And I think the the best thing for everyone is if that, that kind of changes and he starts shooting uh, threes more often, more decisively. Uh, but we will see if that ends up happening. Now to the bench, uh, Ersan Ilyasova back tonight after missing two games, 20 minutes for him, uh, nine points, all came in the first half, but had a couple charges, just generally kind of did Ersan things, and uh, I think that's that's largely what you expect out of him and, and largely what you hope for out of him, and then uh Tony Snell, 17 minutes, two of seven from the field, 0 of two from three, um, just a, a pretty pedestrian night. You know, the nights where Tony Snell's threes don't go in, and that's kind of what it's going to be. Uh, I already mentioned Thon Maker and Pat Connaughton. And, or, yeah, and Pat Connaughton. The only person I haven't mentioned from the bench it was Dante DiVincenzo, who was over three from the field, all three-point attempts. Uh, as we've mentioned a number of times, uh, you know, for him to be a true, real rotation guy in the NBA, that that shot is going to have to go in. Um, still no showing no fear, which is which is nice. Uh, he's very much a believer in the "let it fly" mantra. Um, but I thought what was interesting was that you know when you look at the way that he played, uh, he just does good things and. Uh, maybe one of the better things that he does is he finds a way to get Giannis the ball. And I joked on Twitter that uh, the ceremonial 
I will look for Giannis and get him the ball as much as possible torch has been passed uh, because there's there's seemingly always one guy that does that and uh, when Uncle Juice was around and uh, in after the the fat OJ year uh, he kind of became this veteran leader type guy and the other thing that he did was he always found a way to get Giannis the ball. No matter what, if it was on the fast break, if he was driving, he would find a way to find Giannis, and it was just huge. It was such a big deal for Giannis's development, and you know, especially in transition, that's a. I mean, those are free points. If if you if you get him the ball, he will score in transition. And uh, you know, we were talking about Malcolm Brogdon a little bit. That's something that I think frustrates people when Brogdon or, or really any Buck doesn't give him the ball in transition. And you know, there was this sequence tonight where uh, Dante Divincenzo gets three steals in about a minute, maybe a minute and a half. I think all three turnovers go to Jabari Parker, and he gets those steals. And there was just this moment where he gets a steal. He he pushes it out in a hurry we're talking about Dante DiVincenzo here DiVincenzo pushes it out in a hurry and he's over on the left wing and I think out of the corner of his eye he can see that Giannis is starting to run and as soon as he sees that he immediately pushes his dribble from his left hand to his right hand and into the middle of the floor and when he does that he opens up the lane on the left side for Giannis and uh, again, Giannis in transition, those are free points. And he was, Giannis is able to get it. He makes, I think, a Euro step, gets fouled. Uh, maybe that was an and one, or, or maybe he just ended up missing the shot. But either way, like it, that's, a, that's a really small thing. That, that is a small thing. But it is a thing that I think DiVincenzo kind of understands. He tends to understand those little things which is really nice. And, you know, as this Bucks team is trying to figure out exactly what their rotations are, when when you have guys like Connaughton and DiVincenzo who try to do the little things, like I said, a little bit rougher night for Pat is uh, maybe he was trying to do a little bit too much on the defensive end. But, you know, having the Bucks back at fullish strength, uh, I'm not sure DiVincenzo's all the way back. I'm not sure Ersan's all the way back. But, this is the 10-man rotation that won them a lot of games, and I think they looked a little bit more comfortable there. So we'll have to keep an eye on uh, DiVincenzo. The big thing is always, can he hit threes? But, you know, I think you kind of saw a stretch where Delhi and Sterling Brown were playing where those those little things weren't getting done when Connaughton wasn't on the floor. And, you know, things just weren't functioning quite as well. And I... I I do want to kind of keep an eye on it if that's actually a thing with DiVincenzo. Like, do do things run better with him on the floor? And that might not necessarily mean he scores a ton. That might not mean uh, he creates a ton of assists. Like, it just might mean that he is uh, a guy that can be uh, your Mark Pope starter or uh, just the guy that gets out of the way, keeps things moving, 
and allows an offense to function. And, you know, in a pinch, he can, you know, maybe make a play, uh, maybe hit a shot. He can do some of those things. But largely, uh, it's just a cog cog in the machine where he's going to keep things going and keep things rolling. Um, So that's something I want to watch because uh, I thought with DiVincenzo and Ilya Silva, I thought the bench units looked a little bit better tonight. And I feel like both of those guys are a large part of why uh, the bench ended up looking a little bit better so i think that is going to be it for us for tonight uh huge game out of Giannis. Uh, i just uh, i don't know uh Giannis appreciation monday will, will be a fun time again but uh, just uh, another kind of night where he, he just asserts his will and he just kind of takes over games and somehow it scores quietly and that's a strange thing to say for someone who dunks more than, than Shaq. Um, it, that's a weird thing, but it is absolutely the truth that uh, he does things somewhat quietly. And all of a sudden at halftime, he's got 20 points. He's got 36 on the game. And uh, I think he's finding a little bit more balance. He mentioned post game that he is still trying to find his confidence. He is still trying to figure out exactly, um, you know, what he is doing this season. But I don't think that should be a surprise, especially if you listen, uh, you listen to this podcast and you read the athletic Wisconsin, you'll know that Frank and I have kind of been talking about that and, and what Giannis said about that a few weeks back. So, um, maybe not a surprise that he said he's not at his most confident that he felt he was more confident last year than this year. Um, but overall, uh, just a, a, f- a phenomenal game, a, a game that, you know, could very well help him try to get an Eastern conference player of the week award again, because 36, 11 rebounds, eight assists, two steals, one block is incredibly impressive and on the night Giannis a plus one overall uh so really makes some big plays and manages to pull this one out so that's gonna be it for us for tonight for Frank Madden for Action Heat again go over to actionheat.com slash locked on to save 20% off your entire order today you can head over there and do that uh so for Frank for Action Heat I'm Eric Name this has been Locked On Bucks we'll talk to you tomorrow